feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. Dom and Chris here again, and uh, today we're going to get a little NBA action in. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about one of the legends. We're talking about a legend on the hardwood. Maybe not so much in the sky, Kobe Bryant. We're talking Kobe Bryant today, the Black Mamba. Black Mamba. Uh, definitely one of the best players ever. I mean, you can't even deny that. But uh, definitely went through ups and downs. And, uh, a little bit of turbulence yeah, during his career. A lot of, yeah, a lot of uh, different stuff happened in his career, man. So, yeah, let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. Uh, born August 23rd, 1978 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Same place as Wilt Chamberlain and famous Oscar slapper Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um, the only son of Pamela and Joe Jellybean Bryant, who was... Also an NBA player. And this will come come back because people are saying that he had pro-style moves even back when he was playing in like middle school and high school. Because oh, yeah. that's just how he was developed because he was like, no, 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 you do this. So like there was no like real learning period from uh, that pro jump that we'll see later. You combine superior genetics with a freak work ethic and you have quite the recipe for success. Yeah. Um, he, uh, was named Kobe after Kobe beef. Oh, I, I love did not that. know that, I that was true. I, that was one that I saw that was just like, oh, that's hilarious. And, uh, his middle name is Bean because his dad's nickname when he played basketball was Jelly Bean. Yep. I think that's so cool. Yeah, no, I loved his name. I never thought his name was so, uh, named after food. It was literally one food and then the other. Yeah, so Kobe go. Bean Bryant. I don't know. I feel like that would be a weird combination. Like the most expensive kind of cut of meat you can probably get and jelly bellies. Well, I mean, that's a Charlie Day special. Give me his milk steak and your finest jelly beans. Yeah, come on now. (laughs) Didn't realize he was making that reference, but now I get it. Oh, my God. Uh, he started playing basketball at three and uh, was a fan of the Lakers growing up. Yeah, which that's th- great. Which is kind of a perfect marriage. I love that. We'll uh, find out later. But at age six, he's completely not in America anymore. No, well, they moved to Italy mm-hmm. and he pretty much grows up for, I mean, I think he's there until they're like 13 um, and in Italy. Yeah. So it's interesting because he really it really develops him in this other country that we never see any of these high profile basketball players do this. And he is fluent in Italian. I've heard him speak Italian and I am quite impressed. Yep. Like he is just a very interesting person. Well, there was a point of him coming out of Italy, so he he ends up moving back to Philadelphia. Yeah, about fifth, um, uh, I think eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about it. He was just like basketball wasn't his focus when he was moving back. He was kind of into soccer. Yeah. And he was AC Milan fan. I I'm think. just saying he was an AC Milan fan, 100%. And there was a point in which U.S. soccer fans, we could have had Kobe as our starting striker. We might have missed out on that. Probably not. To the detriment of him. I'm just saying, like... How many 6'6 strikers are out there, though, Chris? Oh, I don't know, man. None for us. I'll tell you that. (laughs) And generally, our best athletes are playing not soccer. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's the problem. Think about uh, him and LeBron. Oh, my God. The cool thing about, though, uh, when he was in Italy, his grandfather used to send him tapes of NBA games. Yep. And uh, he was also the ball boy and mop-up guy 
um, at his dad's pro games, yep. which I found pretty uh, amusing. So basketball pretty much consumed. I was going to say it was it was kind of obvious that he was going to go into basketball because that's where his skills laid. But you know me, I'm just just given the. He's going to enter the family business, Chris. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, moved back to the States and uh, goes to Lower Marion High School and was on the varsity as a freshman. Well, that's what I mean. When he came back, it was obvious that he had almost like pro training where his dad was like, no, 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 this is what you do to become a pro, to be the best player out there. And it was just <laughs> obvious right away that he was a superior athlete too. That was something else that everybody was saying that we see with these guys is they are a step above everybody else. Where like me and you were going home and we were hanging out and eating Cheetos. He was going home <laughs> and working out at home all the time. So I'll have, you know, I was not a Cheetos fan all about those cool ranch Doritos. All right. All right. <laughs> now we're learning about each other, <laughs> but uh, imagine being the high school coach. This is a 14 year old walking in like, Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Really, has to be extremely exciting as a coach because it is a new crop every year. You don't know this kid. Literally moves from Italy. He comes in <laughs> yeah. and you see him. And he's just like, "Oh my God, okay." Like, That's what I love about these freshman basketball players. I keep getting older, and they stay the same age. But they're not as good as Kobe. But that's the thing: is Kobe comes in and just is essentially they're starting. One two, two guard, two guard, yeah. yeah. Um, they go four and twenty that first season, but the next three years they're just completely dominating the competition. Yep, uh, seventy-seven and thirteen, and Kobe played all five spots on the floor uh, for his high school team, which speaks to his versatility as well as his basketball IQ. Well, I feel like his coach was just kind of like, "Hey, work out at every single position because everybody's going to want to see you." And he's just a scoring machine. He's averaging, he averaged his junior year over 31 points a game, and he's just lighting up the stat sheet uh, over 10 rebounds, 5.2 assists, 3.8 blocks. Like, well, that's what I, that's what was so interesting was he was able to even play on the inside, which his post game mm -hmm. was even developed as a two guard. Because, it, I mean, let's be honest, shooting guard was his position. Even in the NBA, they try him at small forward a little bit, but he really was a two guard. But he could post up. He could, like, play post defense. Like, he was really a complete player. And we see it, like, he really dominated all throughout his career. Well, as a senior, uh, he attended the Adidas ABCD camp uh, during the summer, um, was the senior MVP in 1995, and a teammate of future Mr. Kardashian, Lamar Odom. That's right. Yeah. Um, he worked out that year with the, uh, or that summer with the Philadelphia 76ers and played some one-on-one -on -one with their lottery pick, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, and then proceeded to average almost 31 a game, uh, 12 point, uh, 12 rebounds, 6.5 assists, four steals and almost four blocks. Well, and this is what I find interesting was NBA teams were trying him out, um, but nobody was really picking him in that top. Yeah. You know, nobody was even really looking at him like that. Like the 76ers tried him out and they really weren't looking at him as a round one pick. They're just like, this kid is super talented. He's close to home and he has NBA bloodlines. Yep. What possible, like, we're only benefiting each other here, but they're not really thinking about it. But during Kobe's senior year, this was the year that Kevin Garnett came out in the draft. Kevin Garnett, if you don't know, um, was a Hall of Fame center uh, in the NBA and he came out of high school. 
He well, said, screw college. Well, a lot of people were talking about this because people had come out of high school, but they weren't as successful in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And he saw Kevin come out and be successful right away. And pretty much not, I mean, obviously he was a rookie and had to be worked in, but it was obvious that he was going to be successful. And what Kobe said was just like, yeah, I'm ready now. And that was his confidence right away. Uh, yeah, but the interesting thing I found about that, because he finishes his career with a state title. He's the Southeastern Pennsylvania high school scoring champ ahead of Lionel L. Train Simmons and Wilt the Stilt, which is pretty good company to be in. Yes. But there had never been, the only guys that came out of high school leading up to this point were big men. The, these were front court players. These were centers, power forwards. You had never seen, you know, a guard come out of high school straight to the NBA. That's a good point because they could see these guys' size and bet on that essentially. Yeah. But Kobe was like, "Hey, I'm as good." And th- I swear to God, he was like, "I'm gonna be a starting <laughs> two guard." And that's what he was saying was like, "I don't want to waste time in college." And Possibly get injured, not get paid by the university. Other people, I'm sure, would have paid him, but still. Well, every single, and this is what they were saying, was every single college wanted him, even if it was a one and done, because they saw his ability to score on anybody. And it's the truth where he was a NBA scorer in high school. Yeah, against high schoolers. And um, that summer, he decides to declare, or that year, he decides to declare for the draft. And uh, he works out with the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm -hmm. Luckily, this is the thing is, not everybody was working him out. He didn't have a huge hype around him because there was almost the stigma attached with these high school players coming out like, oh, okay, he's talented, but are we really going to develop him? I mean, we have this free development program that that we <laughs> have set up. athletes. Oh, sir, you are so smart. <laughs> but that's what I mean is like, their teams were not set up for this development program like they kind of are now. And we see his draft stock was not high. No, and two reasons for that. But I did want to bring up Kobe did take the SATs and he scored almost 1100. So he would have gone to any college he wanted to. This wasn't, you know, one of those like, oh, I can't get in. I don't want to go to community college. This was more or less like, no, I'm ready. Yeah. And part of the reason people aren't necessarily super high on him as they should have been is the 96 draft class as in general is stacked it is it's arguably the the best one outside of maybe 1984 that the nba has ever had filled with amazing and fantastic players alan iverson steve nash i mean the list goes on and on and a lot of a great backcourt players yep. so that was the other thing but this is what i found so interesting was he really wasn't getting tried out by a lot of teams like he should have been no and that was the big thing that i feel like the lakers lucked into was jerry west tries him out and he literally is like he said he marched over people like former lakers from the showtime era yes like he was i want this player yes and that was something that west had this nba experience of being like yeah, yeah no, no no i know he's 17 because he's 17 at this yeah. point i know he's 17 but he is going to be an all-star the man can't buy cigarettes or porno but goddamn, can he play i understand that he just took brandy to the prom but please yep. he's gonna shake everybody up and he has a killer jump shot and the lakers are in a little bit of an odd period because they've kind of fallen off after that uh finals where they lost to jordan in 91 and they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack Western Conference team. I think James Worthy is gone by this point. Really, they're 
best players are kind of like Nick Van Exel and Vladi Divac, but Jerry West has a plan. He has a plan to not only acquire Kobe Bryant, but he has a plan to just completely erase his team of cap space to acquire one guy. Well, and one guy and his penis. I was just going to say one guy and one <laughs> penis. That's what he needed. So this is something that we see is, I have to say, one of the best moves in this NBA era is he says, I want Kobe Bryant and I want Shaq to be the big man that kind of backs him up. And this is literally, like you said, clears cap space, gets rid of Lottie Dotty, bloody Dotty, and that's this is kind of the trade that, and I'll talk about it with. Yeah, the, let's get, do you want to get into it? Yeah, okay. okay. So the what happens with the draft is the Lakers are like, okay, we're not high enough to pick kobe yeah but we see that charlotte wants our center vladi divak who will get rid of all that space for us too um and charlotte this is what is i found so interesting was charlotte was just like yeah kobe wasn't even on our radar we didn't even scout him whatsoever so when the (laughs) lakers came in and were like hey will you draft kobe we'll trade you the vladi for him like straight up they were like yeah Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> so the trade gets stalled because um, Vladdy doesn't want to go to Charlotte, and he actually threatens to retire. <laughs> so Charlotte holds Kobe's rights actually for like two weeks, <laughs> and this is probably why they moved the first time. And this is, <laughs> this is probably why they're not the best franchise out there. Just saying. So they hold his rights for about two weeks, do nothing with them. The trade finally goes through, and as the trade is going through, we see this. Lakers dynasty kind of come together. Yeah, well, I mean, they acquire the two most important pieces for what they're going to do, which we'll discuss And later. they are young and in shape. Yes, Shaq and his penis are both in shape, along with Kobe. Along with Kobe. Yes, because on uh, July uh, 9th, 1996, um, his parents had to co-sign the contract I, because he's not 18 I yet. love that. So they drafted him when he's 17. His parents came in, co-signed this, co-signed this contract, and he is obviously a great rookie right away. Well, yeah, he's the second youngest to ever play in the NBA, number one, uh, the youngest starter ever. Um, came off the bench a lot, which I think really helped him I, um, because the Lakers had two established guards in Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones, uh, both of whom were all-stars um, at points in their careers. So Kobe was kind of brought along, you know, at a very decent pace. You well, know, he wasn't necessarily like the star right off the bat. It's like, he's going to be awesome, but we're going to bring him along. And coming off the bench, I feel like he could have been the focal point in these times in which the these other guards with Nick Van Exel on the bench, like he could really be what he was going to be on the first team, but for like the second team kind yeah. of thing. And it really helped him develop because when we look at this first season, I was looking at highlights. You're like, oh yeah, he's 18. Yes. It's ridiculous. No, it's crazy. He goes to the all-star game, uh, wins the dunk contest. I mean, this is what the NBA needs in the, like the fading years of Jordan's career. You know what I mean? Well, people are saying, talking huge shit about the dunk contest this last year because it was 
essentially bench players going up and missing dunks and people are like you guys remember when kobe was a a rookie and went out and like just like listing all this shit that you're just like yeah it just doesn't happen like that anymore in the nba and it's kind of shitty because you can watch these old dunk contests and you're like oh yeah these were amazing dominique wilkins is stealing your soul what we just witnessed was a wnba cheryl miller energy dunk contest yes exactly but uh, he's averaging about 16 minutes a game and seven points, which for an 18-year-old who's, you know, in development. fresh out of high school, yep. that's pretty goddamn incredible to be doing in the NBA. Um, they make it to the Western Conference semifinals, end up losing to the Jazz uh, in five games. Uh, Kobe that was a, a bit of a heartbreaker. Kobe had a rough series, but he earned the respect of his teammates, especially Shaq and his genitalia, because he said... There's nobody else who had the guts to take those types of shots. Well, let's get into this because in the fourth quarter, Robert Ori got into a fight with um, Hornacek, I believe. Jeff Hornacek is so fightable. I believe. And so he gets kicked out. Shaq fouls out. So Kobe is kind of left to this overtime because the game goes to overtime. And he proceeds to chuck up, I believe, three consecutive air balls. And three or four, yeah. yeah, three or four. And the I believe the jazz coach came out and was just like, yeah, he was the only one willing to shoot in that moment. And you got to give it up to him because, I mean, it, unfortunately, they lost the game. But it, like you got to remember, he was like, this was an 18 year old kid that was ready to let the game be in his hands. Right. Yeah. And he's playing against men like actual men yeah so that and this was when him and Shaq were you know buddies yeah they were buddies um following season 97 98 um he's playing a lot more now and the lakers are kind of running smaller lineups out there because they're playing jones van exel and bryant as you said before they're using bryant more at the small forward position this is where this is like the only season when they were like okay he needs to be a starter Mm -hmm. but our guard play is really great i thought this was really good though because it really helps him understand being a small forward and because these this is his position is the is the shooting guard well, that we see forever teammate. yes like how are you going to use me i don't care just let me play i yep. can help the team and it, we see him be a really great defenseman yeah this is kind of the the year that you're just like oh okay he can play defense even against a small forward so it's well and his length though especially uh lining up against two guards is ridiculous yep it's six six because this is you know still we're still in Muggsy Bogues' time. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Where not every guard is 6'4". Yeah. So, yeah. He's averaging over 15 a game this season. Uh, makes the All-Star. And uh, second and sixth man of the year. Probably should have won it, but it is what it is. Yep. Um, this was also the year that during his amazing ESPYs monologue, uh, Norm MacDonald said, uh, and Kobe Bryant was out there. Uh, NBC is coming out with a new slogan for Kobe. Uh, Screw it. Who needs college? If you haven't watched uh, it, YouTube it. God bless you. Uh, but uh, season ends uh, for the Lakers uh, in not so great fashion. Uh, they end up, I believe, missing the playoffs. Well, they're still trying to put it together, and you can see that with this lineup, it like this, like we were saying, them playing small ball, it did not work. And uh, following season 98-99, this is the year that Kobe's entrenched himself. They've gotten rid of Van Exel, and they've gotten rid of Jones. So Kobe's the main guy in the backcourt for him. Um, he, again, we brought this up in previous episodes. The season's limited to only 50 games. Yep. 
because of their sweet, sweet lockouts. Uh, averages almost 20 a game that year and signs a six-year extension, a six-year contract extension worth $70 million. Well, he pretty much puts his, like you were saying, he puts his footprint on the Lakers and says, this is going to be my team for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And exactly. you're just like, okay, okay. Um, they end up winning a playoff series this year. Um, unfortunately, uh, they run into the San Antonio buzzsaw in the uh, semifinals, and uh, they get swept. Yeah. They get swept. They realize they're a few pieces away and a coach away. I was going to say, it, it seems like they're one big piece because they almost have the players. It's just like like you said, it, it was almost like they were came up against a way better coached yeah, well organized team in in the Spurs. Well, they have a Chiba smoking giant who enjoys running a triangle offense. Who's interested in coaching Kobe, Shaq, and his penis, and that is Phil Jackson. So Phil Jackson comes in, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he immediately puts the triangle in, and they immediately are a better team. Yeah. So so it's just I find this. Part of it to be interesting that the triangle is so effective and it just kind of doesn't get played as much, but it is really difficult. You have to have the right pieces. Well, they definitely have two of the right pieces on this team. Um, Even though he misses six weeks with a hand injury before the season, he leads the team in assists per game and in steals and averages over 22 and a half. And uh, the Lakers win 67 games. Kobe's all NBA second team and uh, first team all defensive. So he's really uh, establishing himself as one of the hot young stars of the post-Jordan era. Well, this is where we see, and this is what I mean with Phil Jackson coming in, is they go from third, fourth, fifth in the, I forget what they got the year before in the in the West. Four to five, something like yeah, that. Yeah, to literally the team that everyone's just like, oh, shit, this is going to be a great, like, they had a great regular season going into the playoffs, and then they're just, like, mowing teams down. Yeah, the first two rounds, they just start obliterating people um then they get to the conference finals where they enter the sabone zone yep they enter the sabone zone and play the portland Portland. jail blazers and uh very great series um we brought it up in the previous episode but uh the lakers take a three to one lead and portland forces a game seven at the staples center well a lot of people feel like this is the best trailblazers team since i mean bill walton yeah i was gonna say (laughs) like that's the thing, literally, since Clyde. Like that one, yeah, because they, they took this Lakers team to a game seven that nobody really thought was going to happen, to be honest, especially when they, they went up 3-1 and they were just dominating teams. And Portland but, was kicking the crap out of them in game seven, too, leading yep. in the fourth quarter. But uh, Lakers mount a nice little comeback in that game. Uh, Kobe scores 25 points, grabs 11 boards, seven assists and four blocks, and sets up the alley-oop to Shaq's penis. That's the iconic video after the dunk. It really is. Everybody knows that penis shot of Shaq Fu. Um, But yeah, it is quite quite the setup if you watch that, because that game seven going into that fourth quarter, a lot of people were like, oh, shit. All right. Trailblazers are going through and Kobe and and Shaq took over. Yeah. um, They go to the NBA finals and... uh, after leaving the Sabone Zone victorious, they get a little Cheryl Miller energy up in this bitch. That's right. They meet Cheryl Miller in the finals <laughs> with the Pacers. Um, it is sad that Cheryl never ends up winning a NBA. Uh, excuse me, Reggie. Reggie. Gosh. Damn it. So close. 
But, however, we see the Lakers pretty much dominate the Pacers in this one. Yeah, Kobe overcomes a foot injury uh, during this series. Uh, game four scores 22 points. And uh, in game five, or game six, they end up winning 116 to 111 to have their first title since the Showtime era in 1988. So everything that Jerry West envisioned happening has happened basically well this is when you have to kind of give it up to the general manager to have this foresight to be like okay let's build around these two guys because they're top level all-stars that's something where i think some teams kind of miss the boat is where they're like okay we have all star we have all stars to build around it's just like yeah but they're not at that higher tim duncan you know what i mean like that this higher level where you see kobe and Shaq were at that and Shit, man, when they brought Phil Jackson in, there was just no stopping him. No, absolutely not. Um, and then the following year, they're just as amazing, I would have to say. 2000-2001 um, uh, averages almost 29 a game, almost six rebounds and five assists. He's like a 25 to 30 point guy, six rebounds, six assists for like a, over a decade. Uh, he, his his stats, because he's not the point guard and he's not the power forward, they are such the shooting guard stats where it's literally unbelievable defenseman. So he's locking down their shooting guard, scoring 30, getting five assists, getting five steals. Like, I love his stat line. And it sets up, and this is why I say the... The, this team is set up perfectly because Shaq just picks up all the other bullshit. Oh, he totally does. Um, then they enter the playoffs and proceed to not lose in the Western Conference, which I'm not even joking. They sweep Portland, they sweep Sacramento, sweep San Antonio, and meet up with our buddy Allen Iverson in the finals. And these, and this is the other thing. This isn't like the West is like super shitty and you're just no. like, oh man, the West is garbage this year. These are like we were saying, great Western teams. The Trailblazers coming back the next year. The Spurs coming back. The Kings back. are right the about Kings to go on a actually nice good. run. Yeah. It's, it's literally fucking crazy where nobody can even like touch the Lakers in this run, and they end up going up against the 76ers and AI. Who was the number one pick in the same draft that Kobe was in, I should point out, and playing the 76ers, his hometown team. Yep. Um, and after the Sixers win game one to break what could have been the most impressive postseason run in NBA history, the Lakers just proceed to win four straight. Yep. They proceed to win four straight with Kobe averaging almost 30 a game during the finals. Well, I saw people talking about this. I'm pretty sure we brought it up on the AI episode where Allen Iverson literally willed the 76ers in that first game to that win. And you're like, oh, yeah, he is fantastic player he won the mvp I mean. and then the lakers are like yeah you're a great player but we're a fucking great team we are a juggernaut that will take your face and that's literally what happened so they it's crazy to even think about how many sweeps they had and then f- uh, four and one yeah they brought out the brooms Shaq said after the finals he referred to kobe as the best player in the league wow pretty pretty high praise from a man in his penis. But uh, the Lakers aren't thinking a one-peat, a two-peat. They're thinking three-peat the following season. Well, they should, because literally nobody is really comparable to them. It, 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 you see in the offseason, it's not like people are making a super team or anything like that. Yeah. It's literally like, oh, shit, Lakers are coming right back in our faces. Yep, and 2001-2002, uh, uh, Kobe... Uh, 
chips in with another 25.2 points a game, um, 5.5 assists. He's the all-star game MVP in a game played in Philadelphia where he is booed mercilessly. Which is just Philly fans. Which is just par for the course. You might want to go listen to our uh, Eagles Boo Santa episode, Eagles fans Boo Santa episode. But um, all-NBA first team... um, and then uh, go into the uh, playoffs where they um, sweep the uh, Blazers again. Poor Blazers. I know. Just poor Blazers. They beat the Spurs 4-1 to one and set up a very controversial Western Conference Finals, to say the least. Uh, we won't get into Tim Donahue and uh, some of the questionable antics and calls made during this series, but the Lakers win in seven. We can do an episode on that. Later. I was going to say that's a series and a and a ref we could do do an episode on, but I, I don't think it necessarily. I feel like the Lakers would have won this no matter what. Well, it's rough. Up though. for debate. I was yeah. going to say it's rough. <laughs> you watch games six and seven. It's a little uh, yeah. But uh, they make their third consecutive finals and face now the New Jersey Nets. And uh, this was the era of the NBA where you just knew that the team who won the Western Conference was going to steamroll people. That's what I mean with the last year and this year with them com- coming through. is like, oh, yeah, this is a dominant West, and they were, like, beyond the best team. Um, but, yeah, so they hit the three-peat. Yeah, they uh, uh, beat the Nets in the finals, averages almost 27 a game during the series, and it said he scored a quarter of his team's points. I love that stat. I saw that. It was pretty... F- I mean, it's it's ridiculous. He literally was a scoring machine for this dynasty. Youngest player ever to win three titles, and the sky is the limit for old Kobe Bryant. And uh, 2002-2003, um, he scored this season. He scored forty plus points in nine straight games. He averaged over forty for the entire month of February. That's ridiculous. And Shaq's on your team. Yep. Like, come on. Uh, All-NBA, an all-star again. However, this is Phil Jackson's last year with the Lakers. So this is the year they bring in a bunch of vets. No, no, that's Oh, that's next year. That's the following season. Okay, you're right. All right. Um, This is the year. Oh, oh, I remember this. Yeah. So this is the year they do not win the West. It's San Antonio, because we brought it up in the David Robinson episode, where they lose to them in the Western Conference semifinals. Um, But for the season... uh, 30, point, 30 points a game, uh, career-high 6.9 rebounds, and 41 and a half minutes a game. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the next season, or should we talk about what happened that summer or save that for the end? So let's, let's go on to what happens this summer, and Phil Jackson actually departs as their coach and has some bitter words for Kobe. Yeah, he puts out a book, as everyone should do. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, not very nice to Kobe. So he he has a quote that says pretty much that Kobe's uncoachable. Um, even though it feel like it felt like the triangle was running pretty well when they were doing it, but he I feel like later on, especially in this last season, he was just like Kobe's doing kind of what he wants when he wants. Kind of yeah. that that was like just causing friction between certain teammates and certain teammates' penises. Yep. And then uh, Kobe has some off-court uh, problems. Yes, he does. Um, so in, I believe it's in uh, uh, Utah, uh, Eagle, Colorado. So like oh, Colorado, yes. Yeah. So that summer, um, there is an incident with a 19-year-old hotel employee 
um, at the Lodge and Spa Cordelia, where, well, Kobe has an extramarital affair that maybe may or may not have taken an extra step. Yep. Shall we say? It's hard to say. Um, we weren't there, but... Uh... It uh, ends in not only a civil charge being brought against him, which is later settled out of court um, with the accuser, but there is also criminal charges filed for uh, misconduct, shall we say. Um, he ends up missing games in the 2003-2004 season, going back and forth to court to see whether or not this is settled, but... Uh, Kobe does end up coming out, uh, what's the word here, innocent, I guess, or not guilty. Not that's, guilty that's, would be more yeah. accurate. I would say not innocent wouldn't ring true with what happened here. Um, and it really takes a lot of shine off of this dynasty that really people were like, oh, man, they might do four or five kind of thing. Well, and it, they didn't get four, and then this happens, and Kobe starts losing sponsorships left and right, and his image takes a hit. Oh, huge hit. It, it, he was not only being made fun of a shit ton, um, but Kobe. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where he was looked at from a different perspective. Like early on, he was looked at as like, oh, this is this killer Michael Jordan, you know, kind of guy. And it's Jordan. It, yeah. yeah, and it kind of everybody kind of turned on it, being like, oh yeah, we'll take this, this Jefferson guy down like we did Kobe. Oh, that's right. But uh, no, so yeah, McDonald's and uh, other sponsorships uh, back off. dropping him. Yeah, he regained a number of them. He lost Nutella of all things. Wow, because Nutella's of this. got pride. Nutella has uh, convictions, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, 2003, 2004, the season you were referring to before, is, yep. they bring in future Hall of Famers Gary Payton and the Mailman. Well, this is very much like the Lakers this year, where mm-hmm. they kind of tried to throw some vets in and give them a shot, which if you look at this starting lineup, it really should have been enough. Yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, we look at it and this is what I feel like was there was so much shit going on with the team, with Kobe's outside of their thing. Shaq is pissed off. Shaq is pissed off. Phil Jackson's gone. So another coach is in there that might not have the authority that Phil had where or the respect that Phil had. Exactly. Exactly. With all these veterans. So it's it is this chemistry then that's what we see is the chemistry is really what doesn't propel them forward. But they end up making it all the way to the finals that year, but end up losing to Ben Yeah, but that's the thing is this Pistons. is that Pistons team that's the only Pistons team or the only team with a championship without a player in the top seventy five, and they end up beating some of these players in the top seventy five. So some of the best players at their respective positions and the, in NBA history. Well, the reason why is because the Pistons were a, a cohesive team yeah. that played for each other. The Lakers were four great individuals and Robert Ory. And <laughs> Big shot Bob. But that was the thing with, you know, they were, that's what they were saying. Gary Payton playing point guard, Kobe playing shooting guard, the mailman at power forward, Shaq at center. How can this team lose? It was the chemistry. And that's what we see going forward where that almost feeds into this backlash of Kobe because we see this next year. Shaq is gone. My man and his dick pack up and go to Miami. He packed his dick in his luggage uh, and moved to Miami. He was taking his talents to South Beach in a trade 
um, for Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, and Ryan Grant's dreadlocks. And it, Kobe is now the main guy in L.A. because obviously Peyton and uh, Malone aren't there um, moving forward as well. Um, signs a seven-year, $136 million extension. Well, this is something I found interesting was the Clippers had ca- they came in for like a five-year, $100 million. I forgot exactly what it was, but it was like the day after they moved Shaq, he came in and signed it. Yeah. And people were like, ah, oh, or he was like, no, I wasn't because of that. And it was just like, yeah, you came in the day after they made that trade and was like, all right, I'll sign this huge extension. I don't want to have to play for Donald Sterling. Well, he really, and this is something that you have to be, if there's any detractor to his game or anything like that, he did not want to be second fiddle to anybody. No. He wanted to be the main piece like the Jordan, you know what I mean, where it all went through Jordan. Everybody understood that Jordan was the man and Scottie Pippen was his gay Robin sidekick. <laughs> so that was the Stop thing it, that Michael. That's the thing that he needed was Shaq was out there just being too big of a missing those free throws and no. Just being too big of a, a star that he felt like he needed unfortunately this is kind of what the rumor was that he needed him to move on so he could be the man yeah and this is all unfolding after the colorado unpleasantness exactly so his reputation in this era i distinctly remember it was really shit oh it was garbage yeah no um so 2004 2005 um Averages 27.6 points a game, almost six rebounds and six assists. But the Lakers missed the playoffs. Yeah. They missed the playoffs. And it's Kobe's team now, and they seem a little bit rudderless at this point. They're just – and this – unfortunately, with this, it should have been more looked at as a rebuild than it was. It was looked at as like, okay, here you go. You're going to win a championship with these guys? And it was like, no, this needs to like – build back up to what it was you gonna do it without Shaq Fu oh wait you can't that's what a lot of people are talking shit on because Shaq goes to Miami and has a has a promising this is where Shaq wins a couple of championships and people are like oh so Shaq was the yep. one you're not shit looks and like someone's penis is kind of important that's right <laughs> in 2005-2006 uh, that was the year the Heat end up winning with uh, Shaquille and D-Wade um, Jackson comes back to the Lakers um, and this season in 2005-2006 because this is Kobe's team on January 22nd he scored 81 points in a game against the Raptors career high 81 points which is absolutely insane if you watch that it- he, he was just hucking them up and draining a man that night like I remember watching the sports center highlights for that and it was incredible yeah it was so amazing it was the second highest and probably won't be touched point total in a single game in nba history i agree and he wasn't doing it from in the paint or as many free throws as wilt distilled so for the modern nba era that's pretty goddamn impressive um he wins his first scoring title um he averages uh 35.4 points a game and they end up going to the playoffs again, but they end up blowing a 3-1 series lead against the Suns in the first round and MVP Steve Nash. Well, they're just not, and this is what people are saying in this era, they just weren't a great team, but Kobe was... It was and, just Kobe, basically. And he was just pretty much throwing a shit ton of points down, and that's what, unfortunately, what they were kind of built around. So, And this is still when he's getting that reputation as not a sharer. Yep. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I used it. 
2007, he changes his number um, in a little bit of a, let's go away from the number eight for the past unpleasantness move. And, and there was a bit of um, time where he wanted to get traded. So like yeah. there was this feeling that the Lakers weren't backing him, and then he gets into a private meeting with Phil Jackson and retracts because he comes out and he's just like, I want to be traded, and then like three hours later he's just like i was just kidding it was one of those moments don't send where, me to donald sterling please. well it was just one of those moments where they were just like super mad at each other because they weren't winning and they were so used to winning especially when phil jackson came back that yeah. was something that everybody was saying was just like okay we're gonna see it happen and 2006 to 2000 you know or 2006-2007, they just weren't shit. They lose to the Suns again in the playoffs, although Kobe has an incredible season, makes his ninth All-Star game, second straight scoring title with over 31 points a game. Youngest to reach 20,000 points. Yeah, and just amazing. Just, I mean, That's the thing is he really is a great, great scorer, great player, but the team isn't good enough to them. Like if you his- look at this three-year post-Shaq window – because, like, if you look at Kobe's career in terms of stages, this is the stage where it's just like he is the number one guy. Everything runs through him. Yep. And you got to see for this three-season stretch, zero postseason success, but an amazing display of individual play by one guy. Yep. Like, I mean, you can't take that away from him, uh, in my opinion. But uh, following season, uh, 2007-2008, um, the Lakers are good again. Yep. They make a very savvy move by picking up uh, S- Spaniard big man Pau Gasol, and uh, they're kicking ass. And this is what they work back into the triangle, and, and Powell being a great passer is they can just pass out of it. And I feel like this really is where they start to click again because we see them, I mean, it's interesting when we see the this Lakers team kind of click because in this, like you were saying, they were bad for two years and then they come back and you're like, oh shit, here we go again. Well, they're putting a good team around Kobe and it's showing for Kobe at this point because he wins the league MVP this year. Yep. Um, Lakers roll right through the playoffs. Kobe averages 28 points a game, 6.3 rebounds, 5.4 assists. Um, they beat Denver, Utah, and San Antonio and they find themselves in the finals again. A classic finals matchup with them and the Boston Celtics. And the uh, Kevin Garnett Boston Celtics who uh, inspired him to come out. Yeah, Yeah. Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. And uh, it's just not quite enough playing the Celtics. And they end up losing in six games. But if you think about it, this was the year that brought, almost resurrected Kobe's career as a winner. I mean, as we'll see moving forward, but not only does he lead his team to the finals and win the MVP, he wins a gold medal that summer in Beijing. I was just going to say, this is the year that his reputation comes back because he really puts his head down and plays hard, and then we see him play for the for the USA team and win a gold medal, and everyone's just kind of like, oh, yeah, he really is one of the greatest. What happened like, five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Which that's unfortunately it's sports kind of washes people's memories. Which, it, yeah, this pretty much just pureled his image in a certain way. But uh, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, All Star Game co MVP. Um, the Lakers are dominant this year. They win sixty five games. Yep. I mean, this is probably one of the top ten to twelve teams. It's probably uh, ever laced them up. Um, 
average. Uh, they roll through the playoffs, beating the Jazz, Rockets, and Nuggets. Um, he has a year where he's averaging almost 27, um, five rebounds and almost five assists. Um, going to the finals this year against uh, the Magic of all teams. Uh, kind of wish Shaq was on this Magic team. It was really surprising that the Magic came through in this year, and we see the Lakers just kind of handle them, and I believe in five, yeah. Yeah. With and- Kobe getting the finals MVP, and this is kind of what he wanted was it's it's obvious it's his team. Yeah. It's obvious everything runs through him. He's the finals MVP. He's the co-all-star MVP. Like We see it like this is what Kobe had envisioned, essentially, when he was just like, hey – trade Shaq and his maybe massive dong we don't know maybe but maybe or small I'm, dong. Yeah, or i'm literally signing down the street to just a absolute gentleman of his time and twitter instagram info wars help us determine what the size is but in the finals i should add kobe was just electric average 32.4 points a game 7.4 assists like Obviously, that's going to be your MVP, and they're lighting up the White Howard in uh, Orlando that year. Um, following season, 2009-2010, um, well, let's just say they're pretty goddamn incredible. I saw this stat that I thought was amazing. He made six game-winning shots. Yeah. I thought that was pretty amazing in this. If you think about it, it's just like... taking six game winning shots is a lot. He was never afraid. He had that like Jordan murderous instinct. We saw that in the first, literally his rookie season with the jazz where he was hooking up air balls and still had the guts to be like, no, 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 I'm going to shoot again. Kobe's the comedian after a massive bomb who will in less than 24 hours execute an hour long set and destroy. Yep. Just because there's no fear in this man. Um, he signs a three-year extension worth uh, close to $90 million this season. Um, does a great job um, as far as the Lakers are concerned because they make the finals again. So a three-peat in the finals, and this time they meet up with their rivals. With their rivals. In the Celtics who beat them, and it's essentially this – it really is a great – three-year period where we see the Celtics win, the Lakers win, and then they meet up again. It's like the 80s, almost, or pretty much any other decade. Yeah, it was just any other decade before that. But any other decade, not the 90s. Um, They go to the finals, and it's forced to a seventh game where the Lakers are trailing by 13 points entering the fourth quarter. But Kobe goes out of his mind, 23 points, 15 boards, and is named the finals MVP as the Lakers win again. And I believe Metal World Peace gets his title. Yes, this is the one if you want to check out the our episode with Clint Lapsansky, um, where Metal World Peace talks about how we kind of ditched the Pacers to go and win one with the Lakers. This is kind of that one. Yeah, um, but I should add that this was the first time in L.A. Lakers history that they beat Boston in a Game 7. Yep. After losing so many times to them. Um, but he, Kobe's even gone on to say that that was his most satisfying of his NBA titles, which five, he has five of which I was going to say it had to have been because he was a Lakers fan growing up. You know what I mean? So he, he really understands what this means. And this, like I said, this is exactly how he envisioned it as like, he's the man and yeah, man, five titles, uh, 2010, 2011, uh, should note February 1st of this year. 
Um, he is only one of seven NBA players at the time to score 25,000 points, have 5,000 rebounds, and 5,000 assists. Yep. That's ridiculous. No, he's, yeah. Um, All-Star Game MVP again. He has to have the most, right? I think so. Yeah. Even even counting the co-MVP. I was going to say, I believe so. Runs into a little hot water this year of the not-sexual variety. Um as sexual misconduct variety, uh, he uses a gay slur at a referee. Yep. Um, has to do the whole damage control. Kobe really, he was a man of his time. He escaped the Me Too and the Hoo Boy eras. I was going to say, it's interesting when you look back on his career because he really has these instances nowadays that people would be like, oh, shit. <laughs> Kobe would have been to- canceled. Yeah. But. <laughs> Uh, we see the this tailing off here where he's really trying to get his sixth ring and really tie Jordan. It is injury plagued. It yeah, he starts uh, his body starts failing him a little bit. Uh, although this season uh, he uh, twenty five point three points a game, five rebounds, almost five assists, but uh, loses to the Mavericks in the second round of the playoffs. This yeah. was the year uh, Dallas finally. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. So it prevented another three peat. Uh, for the Lakers, and this is Phil Jackson's uh, last. Song. Yep, yeah. Until he comes back with those New York Knickerbockers, which was a huge mistake. But this is the thing: is we see Phil go, and that this is what I'm referencing. I thought we were in the next year that uh, Kobe's body really fails him, and the Lakers never really. They almost just kind of let him peter off, if that makes sense. They don't really are. They're, they're never like, oh, we're going to rebuild. They're just kind of like, that was great, Kobe. Great job. You remember that era where he was our only guy? Well, it's coming back. Yeah, it really does. And this is kind of what we see. Um, new coach in Mike Brown. Um, however, this is when they missed the playoffs, obviously, this year. Um, and he has a shin injury, but he averages almost 28 points a game. Uh, the next year, they try adding the star power. They try and stack, in or stack around the star power um, with Kobe, uh, bring in Dwight Howard, which was a massive mistake. And then uh, Steve Nash, who's pushing 40. And uh, Well, we see this where they try and throw these players around. It was like the Gary Payton, Malone kind of thing, but it was way worse. At least the team made the finals. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean, was that was the one where it was like, oh, these guys could do it, but this is... A lot of the time, these guys come together and they're just not on the same page whatsoever. And this is a perfect example of it. Yeah. So they fire Mike Brown after a very crappy start, bringing Mike D'Antoni, who oddly enough played against his dad yeah. in the old uh, Italian league um, back in the day. Kobe reaches the 50,000 points, um, scores 30 plus points in seven straight games, which is the longest streak for anyone over 34 years of age. Yeah. I believe. Um, but in April, as they're trying to make a nice little playoff push to kind of sneak in, which they eventually do, they have to do it without Kobe because on April 12th, he tears his Achilles. Yeah. And this is kind of a career killer of sorts for him. Um, because the following season, um, he only plays six games because of the Achilles surgery and the rehab period, which is very unfortunate um, D'Antoni is gone by this point, so by 2014-2015, Byron Scott um, is their new head coach. And this is the year that Kobe enjoys some success as far as passing Jordan on the scoring list. But he keeps playing with a torn rotator cuff, which you can't have. You just can't have. 
um, in 2015-2016. He's within his 20th season with the Lakers, which set the NBA record for most seasons with one team, which you always like to see. I was going to say, we brought this up in a, a couple of times that I love that he was a fan of the Lakers as a kid and then plays 20 years. And that was the thing that I brought up. His body was failing him in year 18, 19, 20. That's ridiculous that yeah. he played that many years and was the starting guard, played all those minutes, all those games, and ha- it was so consistent with his scoring, with his rebounding, with his assists that, I mean, for me, I, I think he's the best two guard that ever played. And a lot of people say when he tore his Achilles, it was because overuse. Oh, absolutely. They needed him. And he was just like, and he was a team player at this juncture of his career, grabbing boards, dishing it out. I mean, but at this juncture, they really should have been taking his time back and they yes. actually pushed it forward. Doing and that's it like what, he was when he first entered the league. Yep. almost. Maybe not limiting him to 15 minutes a game, but maybe 25 ish you yep. know, in that kind of area. But uh, 2015, 2016, uh, while the Lakers bought him out for a franchise worst 17 wins in a season, um, he didn't want the retirement tour. He just released a poem called Dear Basketball, and in his final game, he dropped 60. Yep. Which is how you always want to see something. I loved go it. Out. it. It was literally so perfect for him, where he's just like, I still got this, but you know what, guys? I'm done. Um, one of the best players of his era. Um, finished his career with 25 points a game, 5.2 assists, uh, 5.2 rebounds, 4.7 assists, five-time champion, two-time finals MVP, MVP of the year once, 18-time All-Star, four-time All-Star game MVP, which is the most, um, 11-time first-team NBA, two-time scoring champ, two gold medals. Because he did win with the 2012 team. With the 2012 team, yep. And... He's on top of the world. He's a Lakers legend. Put all of the horrendous stuff he may or may not have done behind him. They, he's a living NBA legend, barely even 40 years old, marketable again, and then tragedy strikes. And then on January 26, 2020, um, which is it's still kind of crazy to even think about this. His helicopter crashes into the side of a mountain on an extremely foggy day, killing himself and his daughter, and I believe two others. Um, there or were three nine others. people aboard the aircraft. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay, there so you go. So it was pretty, uh, yeah, not good. Um, I won't forget when they announced it uh, during the Pro Bowl coverage. During actually. the Pro Bowl, yes. Yeah, I it, distinctly remember that, too. It was very interesting. I almost thought it was a joke, and I was like, oh, this is a national oh, so TV syndicate. Dead. Yeah, it yeah. was like, oh my God, this is as serious. Yeah, because it, yeah. So his helicopter crashed because he wanted to save time flying from Orange County to home, essentially. Well, no, he was going to the basketball game. Cause no, he was. Because he, um, he had, uh, he started coaching and uh, developing girls basketball players. And uh, unfortunately for him and the rest of the people in the aircraft, uh, they never made it home. They never made it home. Um, uh, they had all the tributes and stuff to him afterwards and things of that nature at the Staples Center uh, to say goodbye to uh, the Black Mamba. But uh, Kobe Bryant, one of the best of his era, won multiple titles without Shaq's penis. Thank you. 